Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be looking at the three most common stumbling blocks to working in the Akashic Records and how to deal with them. So the first stumbling block is vertigo. From the novice to the most experienced practitioner, we all come across vertigo while working in the Akashics at one point or another. It can seem like our Akashic vision loses focus and things become blurry. We float above the scene or into the floor. We seem to be pulled through an ever blurrier tunnel until we're back in our body and at times we get a headache from the whole thing. We just can't hold ourselves there, which can be very frustrating. First, know there's nothing wrong with you, nor have you done anything wrong which has caused this. Vertigo is a naturally occurring response, just like lightheadedness and nausea during a workout when our blood sugar gets too low. This is a signal we have done enough, that we need to return to our regular embodied state and recharge our batteries. It takes a certain type of energetic and systemic muscles, per se, in order to maintain both our embodied state and our conscious connection to the Akashics. With all exercise, there are limits which, if utilized often, improve our performance day over day. Slow and steady wins the race in this case. Pushing just makes the vertigo more extreme and causes the recovery time to be longer. It's common for people who are accessing the Akashics through meditation for the first time to get vertigo rapidly. The vertigo fades just as quickly as it came and is usually forgotten in the face of more important experiences which occur over time and the becoming which comes from the journey. Vertigo can reappear when we take on too much, work too long, attempt to do too many things of high caliber or requiring a great deal of our presence and focus, or attempt to do something or access something or somewhere, which is currently beyond our abilities. Vertigo can also reappear when we are emotionally triggered, and those emotions are extreme. Many people experience this when accessing traumatic past life records. They usually experience a very tragic, horrific, or frightening end-of-life experience are immersed in those feelings which merge with the current emotions and become part of the current lived experience, and then vertigo comes on, and they're rapidly ejected from the life and returned to the library or even their body. Vertigo is neither wrong nor bad. It's something each of us should learn to recognize as a signal we've had enough for the moment or the day. As the saying goes, there's always tomorrow. The second stumbling block is grounding. Grounding practices suffer from the fact they are presented as one-size-fits-all. It's as if every human being works exactly the same, and so grounding should work like this, insert practice and expected results here, and that's that. I'm not sure why anyone would assume this to be the case unless they've never met any other humans and have lived on an island somewhere. 
Human beings are complex creatures who thrive on being exceptions to the rule, finding unique ways to do everything, and enjoy being contrarian in general and in particular. Plus, we live in a complex web of interconnection, not only with each other, but with our ecosystem. So how in the OMG could anything such as grounding be the same for every single person? The answer is, it's not. I provide information on grounding in my Level 1 Soul Book class, but there are two things I want to mention about this today. General grounding practices won't work as described for two general categories of people. Those whose being is most aligned with Earth energy and those whose totem stones are considered grounding stones. Most people are balanced in how they interact with the elements. You may have heard people talk about having all water or all fire in their astrological charts, or being without one element in their astrological mix, which causes interesting psychological and temperament influences or tendencies. There are also people who instead of being balanced or attempting to be balanced with all four elements, embrace one element fully. Some people are fiery, directing their lives and their manifestation in very directed ways, like electricity through the wires, or like a lightning strike, which causes others to react and brings things into being in a flash. They instigate and can be great leaders if they're willing to restrain themselves enough for people to follow. Others are watery, creating flourishing life all around them, seemingly floating along but in actuality being the source of life for everything which comes in contact with them, with hidden depths and a go-with-the-flow attitude until something causes them to overflow with emotion, changing the landscape forever. Earth people don't need grounding, they are grounding. They exude grounding like the sun gives off light. It's not to say they're sluggish or lazy. They're usually very energetic and productive. They can be passionate, and yet they are, like a heartbeat, persistent and patient with a deep strength which radiates from them and can be felt all around. An earth person doesn't receive grounding from grounding exercises. They're juiced up by them. This is because they're receiving energy straight from the source, like getting a shot in the arm. The more they try to get settled and feel calm and deeply rooted, the more energetic, even hyper and unable to stay still, they will feel. Going through a grounding exercise could actually derail their meditation or other spiritual practices. Grounding for them should not be earth-based, but utilize one of the other elements usually air or water. Stilling the mind, feeling the breeze, letting water pass through their hands will have the same effect as a grounding exercise will have on everyone else. Sitting on a rock, for them, will be like taking a shot of espresso. Those who have grounding stones as totems, such as onyx, obsidian, or hematite, will have the same issue. Grounding with these stones is, for them, an oxymoron. They can't because these stones will light them up, work to heal their current issues, start talking to them, 
wake them up to everything possible in their lives and on and on, depending on their need and their relationship with the stone. It will be anything but grounding and calming. This is why I recommend granite or petrified wood if someone wants to use stones as a grounding medium and is having difficulty with any of the others. It's rare for anyone to have these two as a totem stone, and so the grounding properties will work for them if, and only if, they're not an earth energy person. If they are, then no grounding with earth objects or medicines will work, as I've explained. So if you're having difficulties grounding, stop trying to force yourself to do something which isn't working. The issue probably isn't you're doing it wrong or need to try harder. It's that you need to do something different because one size most definitely does not fit all. The third stumbling block is trying to discern if what you're experiencing is real or all in your head. When first learning to work with the Akashics, it's very common to be confused on whether what you experience or what you're seeing is something you're just making up. When I'm doing workshops, it's fairly easy for me to disprove this for people because I'm able to see what they're seeing and point out features for them or sometimes even interact with them. But there are other ways to determine if what you're seeing is just a fantasy you're making up. Pick any random aspect of the room or being or area near you. Then try and change it. Change your animal guide into a rabbit. Make the beach you're on into a mountain. See the wooden chair you're sitting in as a plush, overstuffed recliner. If you can do it, if you can hold still while the thing you're working with changes and it stays changed, then yeah, you've made this all up. But what you'll find is you can't. You'll feel the energy go out as you try, but these things aren't just in your head, they're really there. They have agency. They have their own suchness, and as much as they will alter of their own free will in order to communicate with you, who and what they are, and what they need you to know, they won't follow a forced change based on your say-so any more than you can change what your boss is wearing by staring at them hard enough. This is not the same thing as experiences those who are fluent in working with the Akashics have, because any stray thought whisks them from one place to another or changes the scenario in the blink of an eye. Those experiences are due to the fact that the person is A, really aware this is not all in their mind, B, is completely accepting of the experience as a co-creative soul conversation, and C, is comfortable and competent with allowing their soul to lead in these situations thereby removing a great many impediments and pushing the possibilities for becoming to the next level. So when in doubt, think it out. Try changing something in the Akashics, not by asking the object to change, because if this is all in your head, the object isn't something which can actually respond, but by making the object into something different. And when you can't, a little, I'm sorry, doesn't hurt. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing the difference between magic and manifestation. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com.
Thanks. Bye.